Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown Show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. Today, I'm joined by Nadine Marshall, the content coordinator for the Allied Media Conference. The 20th annual Allied Media Conference takes place in Detroit, June 14th through 17th. The conference emerges out of 20 years of relationship building across issues, identities, organizing practices, and creative mediums. Since the first conference, then the Midwest Zine Conference in 1999, people have been compelled by the concept of do-it-yourself media. The Zine Conference is rebranded as the Underground Publishing Conference for a couple of years and then became the Allied Media Conference in 2002. The shift to Allied Media attracted more people who were interested in using participatory media as a strategy for social justice organizing. Allied Media Projects and the AMC moved from its home in Bowling Green, Ohio to Detroit in 2007. The conference brings together a vibrant and diverse community of people using media to incite change. This includes filmmakers, radio producers, technologists, youth organizers, writers, entrepreneurs, musicians, dancers, and artists. The Allied Media Conference defines media as anything used to communicate with the world. In 2015, the conference surpassed 2,500 attendees and included AMC at Night, a five-day music festival during the Allied Media Conference, showcasing local and national musical talent. Mating Marshall, the content coordinator for the Allied Media Conference, joined the team in 2017 and specializes in strategic planning, community engagement, and program development. Nadine is a queer black poet from Detroit who has appeared at TEDx U of M, the Rust Belt Regional Poetry Slam in Columbus, Ohio, and the National Poetry Slam competition in Oakland, California. Nadine lives in Detroit, studies psychology at Eastern Michigan University and innovation and community building at Wayne State University. They graduated from Wayne State University with an MSW in 2017 and hopes to continuously engage their passion to uplift, bridge, and empower minority communities through creative platforms. Nadine, welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. 
Oh, I'm glad to have you. You know, I mean, it always piques my interest when you see that you are a poet because poetry is another one of my many, many sides that I do. And I've known people who have participated in slam poetry. And actually, you know, I don't know if you know Native, uh, Native Child. Uh, she oh, was familiar. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, so it's like really nice that you have that. And that, you know, you bring that, that part of the arts, particularly during, from spoken word and, and slam poetry and poetry, because that is all part of media. Yes, yes, definitely. I think that one of the most empowering things about poetry and spoken word in general is that it operates to bridge uh, communities together in a really powerful way that uses words. Um, and I think the accessible, like it becomes an accessible art form for so many people to be able to connect and uh, share experiences and also talk about different challenges. So it's definitely a form of media. Um, it's my preferred form of media. It's the way that I communicate with the world. So, yes, it's really um, amazing to, to be able to integrate that into what's happening now. You know, earlier this year, I talked to Eric Darnell Pritchard, and he wrote this book, which which sort of talks about it. It was called Fasting Lives, Black Queers and the Politics of Literacy. And he mm. talked about how, you know, often when they talked about literacy, they used it as, as a term of oppression. You know, it's like if you didn't read and write a certain way, you know, you were illiterate and consequently uh, maybe you couldn't vote, you couldn't participate in this. Of course, you couldn't understand. And he talks right. about how particularly people of color, but also in the queer community, how we have our own way of communicating and, you know, where we can even give each other a look, say something in a certain way, and that in and of itself makes us more literate than, you know, mainstream uh, world wants to acknowledge. Right, right. I think it also, like, gives us the ability to claim language, right, um, mm -hmm. language as we see fit without uh, sort of engaging in what would be like the, the colonizer's dialogue or mm -hmm. the colonizer's language. And I think that it's very important because when you think about the literary community, you also have to consider the ways in which the literary community is reclaiming language, especially for, like, black and queer folk, right? So, like, there's this whole reclamation of not just our own bodies, but also of language that happens, um, and it becomes accessible to everyone, right? Um, the art form becomes accessible. The, uh, the ability to think about uh, literature as more than just some uh, privileged thing um, becomes possible. Did you find that, you know, having, you know, performed in your poetry and, and slam uh, of venues and being part of competitions and all that, do you find that in some way that sort of in, in many ways prepared you for the work you're doing at Allied Media Conference? Yeah, I think definitely it has. And I think that one of the most um, important things about that I carry with me from those experiences is just the ability um, to really connect with people regardless of where we are right, to be able to meet people where they are, uh, to be able to share experiences, um, to be able to, to engage in a method of just radical empathy. Um, and I think that, like, all of those things are really, really necessary pieces and really important pieces uh, when you think about stepping into 
um, the work that we do, like with the Allied Media Conference, right? Being able to engage in radical empathy, being able to meet people where they are, being able to like share experiences and understand where folks are coming from are so like vital pieces of being able to be part of this community. Mm-hmm. I know it's interesting because then then you you have that other side of you, but in some ways I can see an intersection between the poetry and the arts, but also between psychology, uh, social work, and community building. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. were go, did you did you see that linkage as you were going along, or which came first, you uh, you the poet or you? following this academic path? I think uh, the poet, right, part of me came first, definitely, Um, before thinking about, like, community building um, and thinking about, like, how do we uh, engage in creating platforms that are empowering uh, for just people of color um, and queer people of color. Um, So I think the poet part of me came first, right? Um, And I think the academics part came after. I think to make a long story short, you, I went to undergrad um, at Eastern Michigan. I grabbed a, a degree in psychology, and I wasn't really clear on what you could do with that, right? And also in my undergrad experience, um, that's when I began to start engaging in uh, just uh, – competitive poetry and going to, like, poetry slams and everything like that. Um, I started with the Collegiate Union's Poetry Slam Invitationals um, way back then, and it wasn't real clear to me how you how you bridge those things together, right? Um, and it wasn't until I started thinking about what I really wanted to do um, just in my career um, and what I also wanted to do as an artist that I began to see how those things uh, come together, um, which led me to thinking about getting an MSW and then also led me to thinking how can I focus my MSW degree in a way that doesn't feel traditional to what people think um, as for a form of social work, right? And community building um, became that option, where it's like through poetry, through spoken word, through um, writing poetry, for me, that bridged communities together um, in a way that I felt was really, really tangible. Um, and I wanted to figure out how do you do that regardless of where you are um, in just the work in general. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've had, I mean, this has been my the year of the poet, and, you know, and I've I've had an opportunity to talk to, like, just like some amazing people, like J.P. Howard, who is in Brooklyn, and they do, like, a monthly women's writer's bloom, and part of it is, it's a, then there's that aspect of it that is about building community. And then mm-hmm. I also talked to Alexis Pauling Gums, and we know that a lot of her work is around, building community, and that voice of women and feminism. Who inspired you, you know, at coming up as a poet? Mm. I think I was inspired by um, a lot of different folks, right? So, like, Audre Lorde, mm. uh, definitely uh, June Jordan, uh, definitely mm. an inspiration. Um, but then also thinking about, like, the work of of just, like, art, kind of like our modern or contemporary poets. So, like, people that I got to um, perform next to or uh, be in community with. So I think a lot of 
people that I was really inspired by were people in my immediate community. Um, and I think it's far too many people to name, but um, being able to be around people that are just thinking critically and also artistically and beautifully questioning the world that we live in um, definitely inspired me. Yeah, I think that's great, you know, because it's interesting because one of the other people that I talked to was Tim M. West, and one of the things that he was saying, you know, I asked him the same question, and he immediately mentioned one of two people who he did was Audre Lorde and June Jordan, and he was saying how it helped him. He said, like, in fact, he was saying, like, that there were black women, black mm-hmm. queer women, who knew that he was queer before he did. And then by introducing him to these poets, helped him find his voice as right. a poet. And I know one mm-hmm. of the things that, that, you know, which I love also about um, allied media, it isn't like it allows for that space for people to identify as they are. Um, I think that it was one of the earlier conferences that I heard of that really started to talk about what pronouns people chose to use. You know, what was it, what were the preferred pronouns? And do you think that because, I mean, there are a lot of people who are engaged in all different things, that has like really helped provide that space where people can really come and be, really feel, not only be themselves, but are welcome, accepted, and that this is real. You know, this isn't just like what's mm-hmm. politically correct. You are yourself, and you're bringing what you bring to this conversation. Right. I think the one thing that's really important and one of the things that uh, we really encourage is that folks show up and they, they are able to be their whole selves, right? Um regardless of what that, like, whatever that means to that person, right? We don't think that people should have to lay down a specific piece of their identity to enter into space, um, or people should have to constantly police pieces of their identity to be able to be in a space. But to see folks show up to the Ally Media Conference and be able to be their whole selves and know that it's because of a, a space that has become really welcoming um, and stresses the importance of being welcoming. I think that's really important um, and one of the vital pieces of our, our conference is that folks feel empowered to show up and be who they are. Did you attend before joining the team? I did. I actually volunteered actually for the first time uh, last year at the conference for AMC uh, 2017. Um, so I volunteered, I attended um, some sessions, went to AMC at night, and one of the things that became really apparent to me in that moment was that I felt like um, I was in a space where I belonged, right? It was the first space where it was like, oh, man, I don't have to pretend to be something else. I can be authentic, right? And that... Um, I can be my whole self and no one is judging me for that, right? And I also learned a lot um, just showing up as a volunteer. The conference was something that I had um, knowledge of, but I wasn't really clear on, like, what are all the different ways in which I participate in this, in this conference. Um, and I learned very quickly what those ways were. And last year I attended for the first time, and I also attended as a volunteer. What well, did you... When you came as, you know, like you said, like at first you were trying to figure it out, and you came and you saw how you could participate, 
22 see like, hmm, I could be a part of this team or I have, and what did you see as your skill set, your uniqueness that you were bringing that made this team stronger? That's a really good question. I think that the one thing that that we that is valued um, to just like allied media projects in general is collaboration, right? So there's no one person that's just doing all of the work. Um, there's no one person that's like bringing something completely uh, different that that uh, wouldn't be valued. And I think one of the things when I think about this question is just like what perspectives do I bring or what experiences do I bring that can help contribute to the space. And I think um, one of the things is that, like, I'm a native Detroiter, right? I was born and raised here. Um, and after college, I spent some time away. I was away for about seven years. And one of the things that I think that I bring is just this um, sort of just, I don't know, this really uh, huge love for, like, the, the place, right? Um, mm-hmm. And also this understanding that of what I've experienced as a Detroiter and what I've also experienced as a Detroiter has spent some time away. Um, but then also just being able to look at all of that and say, in what ways can we broaden um, what we do? Um, and, like, where do we go next, right? So being able to dream up a bit of what, where, did, where we go in the next, like, four or five years um, and what that looks like and to just bring a little bit of, um, I don't know, like some, some new experiences or some new things that could be birthed um, in the city from the conference. You know, one of the things that I, I, I like about, about the conference and where it is, you know, I've had people who come here, and um, I remember people came for Netroots Nation, and, like, and even just recently, I mean, it's like the tale of two cities in many ways, and AMC is like, your headquarters, for lack of a better word, is right there on 3rd, and what, what many of us affectionately still refer to as the Chaos Quarter, which exactly. had always been, because of its diversity, but also a source of creativity. And mm-hmm. so there's that part that's coming. And I see, like last year, I saw so many people who I know who came in from all over and were just like blown away by what they were seeing at AMC. But then I was down there, I mean, in fact, not, not, uh, not too long ago, and I was a little further into the places where I would say it was more like gentrification. In fact, I was walking down one part of the street, and it was like, oh, my God, they're the colonizers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's how dare they walk with such, you know, on our yes. streets, you know, like they don't right. belong here. It's like this invasion this, of gentrification. Exactly. You know, you're drawing upon that great history of the corridor and of those creative people who are down there, but, you know, you also have this, this, this thing where people not too far away don't want to see that part of, of Detroit. How important right. is it that this conference, with its diversity, with its, its, its talking about what media is, is still occurring in Detroit and that it's housed in that area. Yeah, so it's very important, right? One of the things that we know is that um, some of the the greatest organizing has happened in Detroit, right? Regardless Mm -hmm. of who has, 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 like, um, 
made that known, right, or who hasn't made that known. And it's really important for people to come here um, to engage in that learning because what we do know is that Detroiters haven't been engaged in media-based organizing before um, maybe some other folks, right? Certain issues and things that we have seen here, certain challenges that we've met with, we have met here, um, other places are just coming to know, right? So there's a lot of learning to be done with just how Detroiters have organized historically, right, and how Detroiters are still organizing, right? So it's that piece of it. And then even with that, um, many folks that come to the conference, um, they get to take tours, right? So we have mm. plenty of tours set up around the city. This year, um, people will get the opportunity to tour the networks of the Equitable Internet Initiative, which is something that the Detroit Community Technology Project um, is organizing, right? And they'll get to see what does it look like to build infrastructure that addresses a big problem of inequality when we think about the Internet in general, right? And we think about 40% of Detroiters not having access to the Internet. And we also think about, like, how we communicate and also how we learn, um, how we educate ourselves about different things. It all comes to having that access to the Internet. So people will get to come to Detroit and learn more about, like, what the Equitable Internet Initiative is and also how Detroiters are building those networks for themselves, right? So when you think about the importance of the conference being in Detroit, you also have to consider all of the ways that Detroiters have been organizing and also the, the lessons um, that exist here and how people can carry those lessons to, with them to other places. But then also seeing how, um, how collaboration and projects are birthed because of, of where we are in the city and the positions that we've been in. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're going to take our first break here. And if you're just joining me, I am talking with Nadine Marshall, and we're talking about the Allied Media Conference. We'll be right back. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. back here on Collections by Michelle Brown with uh, Nadine Marshall. We're talking about the Allied Media Conference. And you know what? That is like so true, what you talk about Detroit. And often I think that the thing that that I thought of, I mean, because I was walking on Willis, I mean, and I remember the beginning of Avalon International Bretts and mm-hmm. what that, that street looked like and what it looks like now and walking down to chaos, you know, and I went, mm-hmm. I walked to something, I'm going like, wow, you know, where's Birdtown Pet Shop? And where's this? And I, I mean, it, but one of the things that I felt like in, in some of this new stuff, it's like, okay, it's trendy, they'll be gone, you know, 
but then, mm-hmm. you know, they'll go to what's the next cool spot. But when I think of the Allied Media Conference and what you're doing and what you're talking about, the innovation, that Internet, I mean, I think of like when you look at, at the whole tiny home community over by Cass Community Social Services of the community gardens. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that where Detroit, like, like goes down to the bones and then we rebuild. And these are the kind of things that are going to stay and continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the Allied Media Conference, how has it changed, you know, just from a historical perspective, and I know you weren't there, but back when it was like on in um, Ohio, and it started out. I mean, because I know most people know about it being in here, Detroit. But you know, the fact that it did start out as a Midwest Zine Conference in 1999. How has it changed over the years? Mm. Mm. I said, so, um, as a person that's really, really new to uh, the conference and does, I don't hold a lot of a lot of the history. One mm-hmm. of the things that I can think of that feels really immediate and it's changed um, is just in broadening the perspective of what we think of as media, right? Um, mm-hmm. And what we what people are coming together to explore. Um, so you have folks that are artists, technologists, educators, grassroots organizers, um, academics, all kinds of people that are coming to this conference. And one of the things that we know has changed for a fact is, for a fact is who is attending the conference, right? So um, one of the things that we know is that people who are typically at the margins of other conferences are the ones that are attending this conference. And that feels really important to note because in uh, thinking about our definition of media, um, in thinking about like where it has started, um, even from it being in Bowling Green, Ohio, and it moving to Detroit, you're thinking about an audience, right? You're thinking about who's attending the conference, and you're thinking about where they're coming from. So in that sense, um, it feels very clear that, that that's a change that has happened, or that's a change that happened from its roots to where it is now. Um, and also, uh, just in thinking about that, um, we're thinking also about the design of the conference. So the conference is a collaboratively designed conference, and we have like over 100-plus volunteers that help make this conference happen. Um, so I think a lot of the changes first occur in thinking about the movement that the conference has happened or that the conference has had, and then also like who's attending this conference and what's being explored. It continues to change every year, um, but those critical connections are being built um, throughout time. Mm. Now, you know, creating change is going to be here in um, 2019. Mm -hmm. AMC's numbers, I mean, rival, you know, but rival something like creating change is just like to me pretty much, I mean, many in many ways establishment, but yet you're able to keep it, you keep it new, you keep it fresh, you know. Mm -hmm. How do you find and bring in, you know, these new ideas so you're not like, oh, well, we're just repeating the same. I mean, like, and I like creating change. Don't get me wrong. I like creating. But some there's some tracks I know it's going to repeat. There's a certain way that I know it's going to be. But Allied Media Conference, you come there and it's sort of like not only from the attendees but all of these different things that are going on, and it's very – I mean, it's exhilarating, it's it's thought-provoking, it's inspired. How do you go about planning each, it each year to make sure that 
you're casting a wide net for inclusion. Right. So the um, biggest piece in, in organizing a conference is that it's a collaboratively designed conference. Um, and what that means is that our organizing is a bit different for the conference. So um, in the fall, we put out an open call for um, tracks, practice spaces, and network gatherings. And those are the three major content areas in which the, the conference is organized. Um, and through that open call, we take proposals uh, from people within the network um, and within our community um, for how they want to see, what content they want to see show up at the conference, right? Um, so this year we have something, we have a track called Indigenous Media Rising, right, um, that was proposed by uh, Jenny Monet and uh, Jade uh, Begay, right? So you get mm -hmm. to see these very wonderful proposals that come out of just the call that we put out. Um, we also have the Facilitation uh, for Liberation Network Gathering, right, which is Autumn Brown and Adrienne Marie Brown and Maurice um, and all of those folks. And through being able to um, put that call out, we start to see how the conference is going to take shape in the fall, right? Um, tracks and practice spaces will then uh, begin to further get shaped in the call for uh, session proposals that happen. And that's when we get anything from hands-on sessions to um, panel discussions to film screenings. Um, so I think a lot of it is listening to our network um, and also that like collaborative design of the conference. People that shape the tracks, practice spaces, and network gatherings are coordinators who have proposed that content in the fall, um, and they go through an a organizing cycle with us in helping us shape what the conference looks like. So there's not just one person or a couple of people holding the pieces of what the conference will look like, um, but there are many people that are holding this vision of what the conference will look like, um, and I think that's, that's what keeps it different, and that's what keeps um, different people coming to the conference. So, okay, I guess the big question, I, I know that many people who are out there and they're going like, oh, you know, often people talk about working collaboratively, but then sometimes when you get into it, it's sort of like herding cats. And, you know, you go like, ah, but yet, mm -hmm. you know, you, it sounds like you found a way to hear voices and to provide space and to hold space for different people. What has, you know, is there a model or how do you, how do you make that, how does it come up with like if it's like, oh, it's, it's too heavy on this or too heavy on that or to acknowledge that mm, maybe we missed, we're not hearing this voice and to bring that in. Mm. So a lot of that happens um, just within that, like when we think about the organizing process, we also have to think about uh, feedback that we get. And one of the things that we're constantly looking for is feedback from the community um, and from, like, participants and from uh, just various folks about what they want the conference to look like and what they think the conference should, should be. So I think that, like, through the evaluation process after each AMC, we put a survey out there and we asked folks, like, what was present that you really enjoyed or what was missing, right? And then we know where we need to move or how we should um, recruit for content in the future. But I think one of the things that it feels really important is just like the Allied Media Projects network principles in general. Um, and our first, like our, one of the network principles is that we begin by listening. 
Um, and it's through that feedback from the community that we're able to tap into what may be missing, what greater needs for accessibility exist, or what people really want to see and feel from this conference. Mm-hmm. Now, you have, okay, you have a big hat. It says content coordinator, and there's a lot yeah. of content. What exactly is your role? Are you like, are you the person herding the cats? <laughs> <laughs> My role is basically to work with is to work with everyone, right? In trying to in trying to shape what this conference is going to look like. So um, I'm working with our tracks practice based and network gathering coordinators um, really closely as we uh, move through the organizing process. Um, everything from uh, looking at what it is they would like their tracks or their practice space or their network gathering to look like. Um, so engaging in that deep brainstorm of that content um, to trying to figure out, like, how do we get uh, groups of folks to the conference. So it's a, it's a really wide uh, role, and I get to do a lot of uh, really exciting things, but a lot of it is just holding this bird's-eye view of the conference and really getting folks excited for some of the content that they can see at the conference and dreaming up, like, what's possible for the conference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most exciting things that we, uh, that we got, we had a proposal um, where someone wanted to look at the role that STARS played and also sailing played and how that was ancient media, right, and how mm. you use sailing for social justice, uh, which is also going to be a really exciting session that's going to happen at the ANC. Um, so it's, it's about taking ideas like that and really working with folks to get them excited, to propose content, to show up with their content, and then also to just get people excited to attend and experience the work or the brilliance um, of just the Allied Media Conference Network and people that are bringing such amazing content. Now, you know, one of the things that people often say, you know, I mean, well, we do it all the time, but uh, people will say, Detroit, well, you don't have um, public transportation. You don't have a way to get around. I had a friend who came here from Chicago and uh, for a conference, and they put her up at one place, and, and I want to say it at one of the casinos, and she had to get to the Renaissance Center, and she was thinking there'd be something easy to just hop on, and there wasn't. And there were mm-hmm. other things that she wanted to see that she knew was going on in Detroit. And basically, she said if she hadn't known me, you know, she would have been stuck in that hotel room. What mm-hmm. are you doing as far as public, not only public transportation or varying transportation? I know that we now have, what is that, this new thing with the bikes? Is it MoGo or something? But, mm-hmm. and, but I also know there's things like back alley bikes that have done it. So what are you doing? as far as to help people get around Detroit and not necessarily rely, I mean, finding real public transportation, which is like we the people, as opposed to waiting for a bus or something to get you. So what's, what's happening as far as transportation? So for transportation, um, the conference happens on Wayne State University's campus, right? Um, and we try to keep everything really, really close in proximity to the, to the campus. But in addition to that, we also provide uh, transportation. So we have a shuttle that will take you to and from um, AMC at night events. Uh, we also have an accessibility van uh, for folks that need um, accessible 
uh, transportation. So for folks that may be in wheelchairs and need to be able to have um, accessible transportation. So one of the things that we are doing is we are bridging that gap in providing transportation, but then also thinking about where the conference is located. It's a very strategic thing. We know that, like, um, Wayne campus is pretty central to all of the other activities that are going to be going on. So the opening ceremony is at um, the DIA, um, the Detroit Film Theater. Um, so providing transportation there, providing transportation to satellite events um, is ways that we do, we try to bridge that gap. But then there's also the community housing and ride share group on Facebook where a lot of people that are attending a conference are self-organizing ways to get around. Um, and that feels really important and also really empowering uh, because if you have, if, you, if people are organizing themselves for um, like a ride share and trying to get around, uh, one of the things that's, that it also means is that it's going to be a little bit more affordable for folks that are traveling in from different places or people that are like really close. I think I was just in conversation with some people that are just coming from Ypsilanti um, and they're mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to get around, and the way that they want to do that is through organizing a ride share amongst themselves. Um, so, yeah, those are those are some ways in which transportation is being addressed. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm gonna put my plug in, you know, for bicycles because I love biking and I like riding yes. around. I mean, there's so much to see. I mean, if there's a way that you're you're close to things. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, and I think historically we've also had um, mm -hmm. uh, bike shares um, and like programs where, or um, we've had the resource available where people can rent bikes to get around as well. Well, you know, I, I tell you, I, I've got something in the back of my mind about somebody who works with that organization. I'm going to see, I'm going to contact them and say, you know what, you should make some bikes accessible to allied media conference. So I've got that mm. in the back. You planted the seed in the black back of my mind. Now, you know, um, I like also the part about the housing within the community because there's no better way to learn about the community than when you're staying with real Detroiters and you're staying mm -hmm. in different places. Um, how did you, how do you, is, does this just come up each year from like people who are there or do you have like a bank of certain people who you know will make their homes available? I think this is a thing that um, the like folk in the community are self-organizing. Um, mm -hmm. So we have some ideas uh, from um, Mama Sandra um, with the Hush House, who always mm -hmm. makes space available, um, mm -hmm. and some other folks that always show up um, that come to the conference as well. But the community housing and ride share group is a way in which AMC participants um, can go and they sort of create that resource amongst themselves. So there may be specific co-ops in the city that want to offer up space, and they do so. Um, and typically we find out about it from year to year through that, that group. You know, that's, a, that's one of the things that's so beautiful about Detroit, because you mentioned Hush House and people are doing it. And, like, back in the day, like, I was involved with Detroit Summer, and we would just, like, put the thing out you know, put the, we're going to have these people come in, and people, Detroiters come through, you know. Mm -hmm, Detroiters mm -hmm. come through, and, that, and that's the thing that is so beautiful about Detroit and that I think that people will pick up from Detroit. And, you know, the word of mouth is just like, mm -hmm. uh, so I, was, I know I sent you a thing to tell you, I was at a, an event in Ann Arbor, mm -hmm. 
where there was a mm-hmm. woman who had just recently moved in. There's another one who was there, but now she's in Brazil. But she said she's definitely going to try to come back up here, here for the Allied Media Conference. But it was that word of mouth and about, you know, and this one she said, and I looked at it and she had talked to one of the organizers and she said, I know I'm going to get a lot out of this and I'm going to be taken care of. And right. that says so much about, you know, that someone through word of mouth having heard of it and had reached out to somebody who regularly went to it and was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be fine. Now, mm-hmm. now I, I know that in, you had the, the AMC at night. Are you going to do that again? And who are some of the local and national musical talent that you're going to show? And it, will oh, it yeah. be through the whole five-day music? Yeah, so um, AMC at night is definitely happening, um, and it's going to be really exciting. I'm really excited to see um, how it shapes up. We have uh, Miss Corona and the Corona Effect, um, who mm-hmm. will be performing uh, Stacy Hot Wax, uh, Hair. Oh, yeah, DJ. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have R.D. Mendoza, the Adazokan, mm-hmm. um, Kahan, who will be uh, DJing. T.T. the artist. We have so many people. Leaf, um, Ocean, we have so many people uh, that are going to be showcased. One of the things that feels really exciting about this year is our welcome party, which is going to be produced by the Firehouse Music Series, uh, which is a series, uh, music series in Detroit that takes on the shape of like the tiny desk kind of model, the NPR Uh tiny desk uh model. And what they do is they highlight Detroit talent. Right, which is so um, so important because I think sometimes people forget how much of a musical hub this the city actually is. Um, That's so we'll right. Get, uh, we'll get bands like One Freak uh, who will be there, uh, Trey Priest who will also be there, um, and many many more artists that will be showcased in one night um, on the Thursday of the AMC for the welcome party, and it just feels so exciting to have the Firehouse Music Series, uh, Stephanie Blair, who is going to be curating that experience. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, it's, there's a lot of Detroit talent that's going to be featured, um, and hopefully everyone comes out to AMC at night. It's going to be uh, really, really exciting. You know, people forget. I mean, there has been Detroit exports so much talent. There's so many so people much. all over in different different genres that you can find who have their roots here in Detroit. And it's still, you can go places and hear great music, great local musicians who are doing amazing things. Now, is it going to be poetry? Will there be poetry? There may be some poetry. (laughs) Um, There may be some poetry. Uh, I'm not sure if there will be poetry. There won't be uh, poetry at, like, some of our big, huge music events, but there will be um, a poetry reading happening uh, that's going to be curated by Nani Comer, uh, who is the creator of, like, Techno Poetics um, and is also a brilliant poet and also um, a member of the AMP staff, um, who will be curating a reading. There's going to be more details to follow with that, but you all will definitely have a, a poetry reading that will be happening uh, during the conference. And I'll see you there, right? Oh, you'll definitely see me there. <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow, some way, I will be there. Um, 
I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out if it, if someone has developed the technology for me to clone myself because there are mm-hmm. so many exciting things happening during the conference. I wish I could go to, like, all of them. <laughs> um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely going to try to make my way there. I mean, I know people last year who came in for one day. I mean, I knew somebody who came in from New York for one day. They had been hearing about it, hearing about it, were able to work it out to be here for, like, one day, and we're, we're, we're just upset that they couldn't be here longer because it was like they couldn't get enough in. And they saw mm-hmm. what they had missed that had been there the day before and what was going on afterwards, and they were like, I can't believe this. I can't believe yes. this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so much happening, and I think, like, the most exciting thing is to get over to our schedule, which is um, you can get – you can actually preview the schedule for the conference um, at amc2018.sketch.com, mm-hmm. and you can mm-hmm. get excited for all of the different things that are going on. And each day is jam-packed, right? So mm-hmm. it's really hard to come here and just stay for a day or even stay for two days because you know you're missing something. And even when you're here, it's hard to tap into everything because you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, this amazing session is happening. But then also there's this also, like, amazing thing happening. How am I going to see it all? And I think that's why it's so exciting um, from year to year. It keeps it exciting from, from year to year, and also people get to experience different things from year to year because it's just so much happening. Now, um, I had someone who was, like, child asked a question to me about, if it was like child care would be accessible. She's got, you know, a little one that's still mm-hmm. breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And it was like, mm-hmm. and she said, but, you know, she wanted to come and she's got more than one. I think she's got another one who's like little. Will there be something for if someone comes with their kids? Is it? Is yes. there a kid, is there a kid yes. track? <laughs> there is a kid's track. It's called Let's Play. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a kid's track that's filled with so many amazing things. I think one of the most exciting sessions that I saw was uh, Let's Make Magic Slime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, kids are going to be doing all kinds of things, from dressing up for the revolution to making magic slime. Um, we do also offer daytime child care um, mm-hmm. for AMC participants. So there are also things going on in the child care space. Story time is happening. There's also, like, hands-on activities that will happen in the child care room. But then also there's a track specifically for um, kids, and that's really important um, for our conference. It keeps it accessible. It keeps parents um, able to engage with their kids in various content. Um, we also have a kids' party that happens mm-hmm. at, that's going to be happening at New Center Park. Um, and Mother Cyborg is the producer of that event. Um, so it's going to be DJs, a lot of hands-on, um, like, artistic acti- activities happening at the park. Um, I think this year's movie is Ratchet and Clank. So kids um, and their caregivers and poor parents can come together and actually have um, an AMC at night experience. And that's going to be the Friday of the conference. Uh, it's going to be the Columbia uh, Kids Party. Well, you know, and I'm noticing that there are, you know, like there are certain things like there's a breastfeeding and changing room, and you said about the mm-hmm. child care. There's deep relaxation room. And, you know, I mean, because there's so much going on, and I imagine that at some point in time people can feel like, 
you know, I just almost like overly stimulated, and to have a place where you can just like chill for a minute. But yes, uh-huh, that that is that is it. Um, the Food Lab Detroit, which is at one of my favorite places, the Cass Cafe. Um, yes. What is that? What is the Food Lab? So there is a collaboration happening um, with Food Lab and also. Um, with a brilliant organizer. Her name is Aura. Uh, but Dream Cafe is happening, um, and it's going to take place at the Cash Cafe. So mm-hmm. uh, the Dream Cafe and the Community Food Hub is new this year to the AMC. It will be at the Cash Cafe, and it's going to be a weekend full of, um, of pop-up dinners um, where uh, chefs that are coming in from all over the place uh, we'll be able to, like, showcase specific meals and curate meals uh, for AMC participants. The cafe will be open um, every day of the conference uh, starting on Thursday. Uh, breakfast will run from 8 a.m. to 11. Um, then you'll have lunch. And it, Food Lab um, is also part of this experience. But then also Food Lab uh, provides uh, AMC participants with bagged lunches that they can buy throughout the conference um, and just really, really, a really, really good experience, uh, food experience that people can expect to have this year. Mm, okay. All right, well, we're going to take our second break right here. And um, if you're just joining me, we're talking about the Allied Media Conference, which is coming to Detroit in June. This is the 20th year. So it's something you really might want to check out. If you've never been before, Mm -hmm. you're in for a treat. So we will be right back. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. back here on Collections by Michelle Brown with Nadine. And Nadine, one of the things that, you know, and I'm going to let you answer, some people might might say, well, who is this for? Is it just for people of color? Is it just for young people? Um, mm-hmm. I have an answer, but I'm going to let you say, who is this for? This conference is for everybody, right? This conference is a conference for people that don't like conferences, Right. Um, there's this conference um, is for artists, technologists, educators, for people um, that are organizing, for people um, that are just curious about how to use media um, to organize folk. Um, it's a conference for literally everybody. Um, and one of the things that feels really important is that uh, the conference is uh, just generally speaking, um, is for people that live on the margins of other conferences. So 
this is a conference just for everyday folk. This is a conference for people that are really excited about the work that they are doing. It's a conference that for people that want to connect with other people. Um, it's a conference for folk that just want to learn more about all of the various creative things that exist in our world. Um, so, yeah, it's a conference for everyone. You know, because I, I noticed, I mean, as you're looking at, other than the things that are specifically for the children, I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing that says, okay, um, seniors doing art, you know. You know yeah, no, um, no. I mean, there's nothing, or if it's talking about a particular um, group, okay, like mm-hmm. if it's something about indigenous people, but it's not like this is for you. It's sort of set up to where it can be like intergenerational, that everything anyone can kind of come from and pick up on. Right, right. And I, I think that's a really important piece uh, for the conference. And when we think about accessibility, we also have to think about accessibility with content. We have to think about um, think about ways in which the content that's showing up at the conference can be for everybody regardless of skill, regardless of um, age or identity. Um, and we really push for that, for content to be accessible to everybody at the conference, regardless of your knowledge level on the subject. And, again, I, I know that this goes without saying, that it is geared for no matter what your ability. You don't have mm-hmm. to. And I know that one of the things about beauties about uh, being at Wayne State, all the buildings are accessible to everyone. But Yes. Um, and will you have someone there who's also signing for those who are hearing impaired? Yes, so we will have ASL interpreters uh, for folks that are hearing impaired. We will also have uh, Spanish interpreters for folks that need mm. um, that assistance as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we aim for language accessibility um, as well with the conference, and we will have those resources available. Mm-hmm. That's good. Now, when they, okay, now I did notice, and I, I know people are going to go like, okay, well, is all this free? No, it's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's not. Let's, let's, get this, let's get this out of the way. No, it's not. Um, there is, um, there's a sliding scale registration rate, mm-hmm. and although they said the true cost is 150 per person, but there's a sliding scale. Um, yes. So, does someone have to bring in their tax return? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. How, how? <laughs> nothing quite that. Nothing quite that. You don't have to mortgage the farm, nor do you have to bring in your tax return. <laughs> no, you don't okay. have to do any of that. But when you go uh, to our Eventbrite, um, you will see that we have that sliding scale registration. And um, you just come in at the price that, that makes sense for you. Um, one of the questions that someone had asked me recently was, if I can only pay this amount of money, um, do I still have access to the rest of the conference? It does not matter how much money you pay for the conference. You have mm-hmm. access to the entire conference, um, mm-hmm. and that's really important. Uh, just because if you can only pay um, $70 right, for the conference, mm-hmm. you have access to every piece of the conference, just like someone who can pay uh, the true cost, which is 150. The other thing is we have um, a need-based scholarship that prioritizes folks that live in Detroit and Flint. Um, and you can find that application on our social media, just uh, mm-hmm. Allied Media Conference. Uh, search for Allied Media Conference on uh, Twitter, 
Facebook, Instagram, um, and you should be able to find, ex- access that link to apply for um, scholarship. And what that does is just make sure that if you can't afford to um, attend the conference and you live in Detroit and you live in Flint, we really want you to attend, fill out that application, um, and we'll, we'll do what we can to get you to the conference. Okay, being a Detroiter, when you say Detroit, does that include Hamtramck and Highland Park? Yes, yes. Okay, uh, because, yeah. I mean, to me, it includes downtown, but, you know, that's why I want to be clear about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you came in as a volunteer. Yes. Uh, how does someone, if someone, yes, they want to, they might not want to go to everything, but they want to volunteer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, can they Can they? do that ahead of time? Can they say, sign up and say that they're volunteers? And what areas do you always need volunteers in? Every area. (laughs) So so one of the things that we do is um, we have, we had an open call for folks to apply to volunteer. If you still would like to volunteer, um, please reach out to us, amc at alliedmedia.org, and we'll see what we can do as far as, like, getting the volunteer application to you. Um, but volunteers self-select their shifts and also self-select what it is that they want to do. Um, so everything from general operations, which could be we need some help with signage. Can you, like, help mm. us hang this sign to mm-hmm. actually being at the info desk, right, um, and just being that space where people are like, hey, can you tell me when this session is going to happen? Um, we'll make sure you have all the tools. But you self-select what it is that you um, are able to do and able to provide throughout the weekend. Um, also, people who um, provide Spanish interpretation uh, come in as volunteers as well. Um, so we have many different areas, um, and it just the volunteers self-select what area makes sense for them. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I know that you said that you had um, ASL and you had got Spanish interpretation, but you know in Metro Detroit we have a large Arabic community. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. there a way that, that you are accommodating people, other people? So, yeah, so one of the things that we are thinking a lot about is various uh, language like language access points, right? So Arabic mm-hmm. would be included in that. Um, and one of the things that we do is through the registration process, we sort of look at um, what the accessibility needs are, and then we Mm -hmm. adjust according to that. So if we do have folks that want to come through to the conference and provide that um, accessibility for folks, we're definitely uh, here for that, and we would like to welcome them with open arms. Um, So we we go based off of what we see is a need, um, and yes, providing Arabic uh, would be something that we would be really excited uh, to do. And so if someone is out there listening and they have uh, linguistic skills and they would like to volunteer, they could come and say, by the way, if you have someone who speaks this and they need a buddy, that I'm available. Yes, definitely. And if you are listening and you have that skill, please reach out to us, amc.limedia.org. We would love to get you involved. And we would also love to just brainstorm with folks around, like, what are some different ways we can increase accessibility, especially when we think about language um, accessibility. We are definitely open to having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, I see that 
Okay. A lot of your conferences, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, they aren't political, but they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? They are. They're mm-hmm. really talking about things that are going on. How do you, you know, walk that line of talking about issues and things that are happening? Um, immigrants, uh, immigration. Uh, when you're talking about um, uh, all kinds of things. Okay. How do you how do you walk that line of being political but not being political? So. Um, one of the things that's really important is that, uh, like I said, we're always listening to our network, um, and there's not one person who is the expert on a very specific thing um, versus another person. And one of the things that's really important about that is that the conference is exploring social justice in general, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't really detach the political from that, right? Um, but one of the things that we know is that wherever there's a problem, there are already people acting on that problem in some fashion, right? Um, So what we do know is that there are people that are already acting on these issues, right? And those are the people that are coming and educating us about those things. Um, And I think listening and engaging and active listening is the biggest piece to that um, because it is a social justice conference, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that we know is that we're focusing on strategies rather than issues. Right? And that feels really important to name because sometimes we think about, like, the political and the only thing that we think about is the issue, right? Mm-hmm. We're not thinking we're very rarely um, are people sort of, like, in the mainstream engaging in the strategy that um, address those issues. And at the conference, we're engaging in what the strategies are, not just what the issues are. Um, and those are just really important things uh, to name that. Do you know, I mean, you just, I mean, there's somebody who I was talking to this weekend, and I'm going to call them when we get done about coming, because that's what they were talking about. Because social justice is political, but it's not the political where you have someone, you know, it's not politics, but it is mm-hmm. political. And, like, that's what she was talking about, and, you know, how there were certain things that, yes, this was an issue, but then her position of what it was talking about, holding space for this ideal and that. And I think that that's a lot of, of what you see that's happening, you know, like when you talk about, I was looking at, I'm just, I'm sitting here looking at the website and I'm going like, you know, herbal strategies for people of color. I mean, I've talked to people mm-hmm. who are, you know, how often do you see many people of color who are afraid to go to doctors but are also ill, but there are herbal strategies that have been, you know, in our, our DNA. It's, I mean, they're ancestral, you know. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a woman I know who, who is in vegan advocacy and how that ties into everything. And so it's like holding, it seems like this is like, this is like that space where you can explore all of these. Because like you said, there's no one solution, you know. Right. There's no right. one solution, but there's, there's all of these things. Now, who are, what are the high points? If someone, if you, if someone said, you know, I, you know, I, I can't make it to everything, but what are some of the high points? Like often like it will be like whoever is like a keynote speaker or a particular performer. Are there points like that that if you, if you have to, you know, handpick what you're going to make to that you might want to try and be sure and try to make it to 
X, Y, and Z? I mean, I'm definitely going to say that you should make it to the opening ceremony, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that's, like, one of the, the biggest highlights of um, the conference is the opening ceremony is where we, it all kind of comes together, right, and we get to celebrate and also um, examine things that are going on. So I would definitely say the opening ceremony. But also uh, the thing that feels really important about just choosing what it is that you want to go to is just deciding what are you most excited for. Right? And you may be excited for many things, but what are you most excited about learning? What are you most excited about building upon or uh, connect? Who are you most excited to, like, connect with? And then just operating through or moving through the conference in that way um, feels really important. If you're a first-timer that will be attending the conference, we'll have a homeroom uh, on the Thursday <laughs> of the AMC where, where folks can come. Even if you're not a first-timer, you just want to come to homeroom to kind of plan out how you're going to move through the conference, we'll have that resource available to you, and you can come through the homeroom um, and say, like, hey, how do I decide um, what I'm most excited for? And we can, we can talk you through that. But I think, um, for me, the biggest thing would just be, like, the opening ceremony. Um, and it's really hard to pick what the high points are going to be because for everyone, they're going to be different. They'll look different. Um, and, yeah, I know that they look different for me. Um, like, they'll mm-hmm. probably look different for you. And, you know, I think that one of the the great things about, I mean, and I encourage everyone, if you're even thinking about it, to go to the site because how great is it that, you know, like if I see a title of something, you know, that I can click on it and it will take me right to to sort of talk about it, tell who the presenters are, and, you know, and you can, I mean, how great is that, that you can sort of like Mm -hmm. be kind of intentional. You can make your, your schedule out. And then, like you said, then you have the homeroom if you're still in doubt that you can go and sort of uh, talk to someone and say, I think this is what I'm interested in, but does this mean this or that? Right, right, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, I, mean, that is, I mean, this is just like really, I, I lo- I'm loving this because I've gone to other, other conferences and to have this ability like, to click on it and to see as much as I'm seeing about this. I think mm-hmm. that that's just, a, to me, is like really exciting. I'm getting even more excited about the conference yeah. as we talk. I mean, <laughs> even, even so, this year we have an app. So wherever you get your apps, uh, you can search AMC 2018, and you can look at the content from your phone um, and just engage with it that way. You can decide, like, hey, I really want to make a plan for uh, which panels I want to I want to attend, and you can click on panels and presentations and uh, get a sense of what that looks like. If you're really excited about film, um, we have, like, the Detroit Narrative Agency who uh, curated a whole track um, that's dedicated to, like, um, the ways in which narratives um, in film kind of, like, collide, right? So I think that there's a lot of different ways for you to get excited and a lot of different ways for you to plan uh, your trip or plan for content that you're most excited about. So, yeah, definitely download the app, um, head over to amc2018.sketch.com, and, yeah, just start planning. I mean, that, I mean and, again, that shows how, you know, you're t- I mean, it's, it's so what I like about this because, like you said, it's like embracing 
all of these ways and all of this is media and how we're communicating with each other and how we're sharing information. And you go from everywhere to talking about Internet, providing Internet for areas that don't have Internet to also on your phone. There's an app to this here. I mean, and it's yeah. just like such a, a, a broad stroke that you're going through that. I mean, it's, it's going to bring in a lot of people and but also a lot of new ideals. So, yeah. And I think, too, if you want to hear more about the conference from uh, Jenny Lee and also uh, Morgan Willis, uh, there's a uh, podcast that just released today, um, and you can start hearing some of the stories um, that have come out of the Allied Media Conference. The first uh, episode features Sterling Toll. Um, so wherever you get your podcast as well, look up Critical Connections, uh, stories from the 20th from 20 years of the Ally Media Conference. And, mm. uh, yeah, you can engage with us that way and get really excited about what the impact of the conference has been uh, through listening to these stories. Wow. Wow. So if there's a young Nadine out there who's mm-hmm. looking at and saying, you know, she's going to go and, you know, how am I going to get involved and volunteering and then – Where's my role in all of this in the future? What would you say to, I mean, because I'm sure that when, when you went there, I bet you, oh, I'm going to work for there. Next year I'm going to be put, helping putting all this together. wasn't quite where you were, but you were excited by it. You wanted to be engaged. What would you say to a young Nadine who was out there and saying, you know, I got my degree in this and that. This is my passion. This is talking about a lot of my passion. Maybe it's going to point me in a direction, maybe not necessarily to work for AMC, but to find an organization, a group, or start something on your own that you're going to do. What would you say to, if you went into a college classroom and you were talking to them about come here and this is where it might you might end up? Yeah, I think what I would say is just, Stay true to what you're most passionate about and don't lose sight of that. Um, I think too many times we, um, lose, we lose steam or we don't think that, like, what, we're dream, what we dream of is possible. Um, and I would definitely tell, like, a young me or anybody um, just to cling to that, right, and just to know that it's possible and that it exists out there. Um, and... Sometimes it, may, it means that you may have to embark in on a journey of, like, creating your own projects, but also sometimes that means that you have to stay plugged in and, and consistently search for where your community is. And I think that, like, the most important thing to that is just staying open, um, engaging in, in active listening, and uh, being willing to just learn from those around you, from your elders, from folks your age, from folks younger than you, from anybody in your community, being able to stay open and learn and listen will lead you to where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So have you started thinking about 2019 already? I've already, yes. I'm already <laughs> thinking about AMC 2019. I'm already excited for AMC 2019, um, even though we have to get to AMC 2018 first, which is in just 17 days. I yes, know. I started thinking about AMC 28, uh, 2019, but only loosely, right, um, because there's still so much excitement around this year. Um, and, yes, I just want to uplift 
the, the 20th uh, in a way that feels really important and also celebratory and also um, just really honors the space that has been created for so many folks. So you went to school and you, and you talked about what you wanted to, to be able to do, um, that you wanted to continuously engage your passion to uplift, bridge, and empower minority communities through creative platforms. Mm-hmm. Is, are you there? I mean, I, do you feel this is my spot? Mm-hmm. I do. I feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be, but I also feel like there's so much more work to be done, um, which seems true for for any person uh, doing what it is that they love. Um, so I'm most excited about how I continue to, like, build on that uh, with the community that I have around me um, and with uh, AMCers from all over the world um, and what we dream of as being possible um, for those communities and how we continue to uh, innovate in a way that continues to bring more folk in um, and also honors uh, the work that has been done in so many places. Well, Nadine, I want to thank you for joining me to talk about the Allied Media Conference, which is coming to Detroit, you know, and the dates are June 14th to the 17th. And um, I'm going to tell you, I mean, I was already excited about it. I mean, I've known people have been involved in it, like, forever. Um, I know people who talk about it and hear it, I was already excited about it. But I'm going to tell you, you have, you have cranked it up another level for me. <laughs> so I yes. look forward to, see, to seeing you during the yes, conference. Yes, I look forward to seeing you, yes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so, so much fun. It's going to be a conference. It's going to be something that everyone uh, just holds on to and never forgets. So it's going to be a great conference. So before you leave, could you give them one more time, the website, um, the app, a phone number yes. for people who still need to know. Yes. So if you would like to know more information about the Allied Media Conference, you can find us at alliedmedia.org slash AMC. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, just search for Allied Media Conference. Um, get excited about the content uh, that's going to happen at the conference. You can head over to amc2018.skedge.com, um, or you can download the app, or do both. Download the app, AMC2018, and also head over to skedge.com to see about all of the wonderful things that will be happening from uh, over 320 sessions to AMC at Night content. Um, if you'd like more information about the conference, accessibility around the conference, or how you can attend the conference, feel free to reach out to us, amc at alliedmedia.org. Nadine, thank you so much. Um, thank you. Save your energy. You got, you got some time. To, uh, just a few short days before it will all be happening. But, again, I thank oh, you yeah. so much. I mean, you have really made it, made it even more exciting for me, and, uh, and I'm sure that people will be very happy to, that they attend and to see all that's going on. So thank you again. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you at the conference. Okay. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Okay. All right.
want to thank today's guest, Nadine Marshall, Content Coordinator for the Allied Media Conference. This year's conference takes place June 14th through 17th in Detroit on the campus of Wayne State University. Complete conference information and registration is available at the AMC website, www.alliedmedia.org. You can listen to this or past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Be sure and like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future show. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening.